As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Listen to This. A podcast that brings you the stories behind the songs and artists. With a theme to tie it all together. Here's your host, Eric Leckie. Welcome to a mini episode of Listen to This. Now, this is the podcast that is dedicated to bringing you stories behind the artists, behind the songs, and hopefully to introduce you to those old songs that have influenced all the music you hear today. Now, normally I tell you, I want you to hear this artist, search out their music, stream their music, buy it on vinyl. I definitely still invite you to subscribe, comment, and recommend this podcast to a friend. However, today I'm going to actually ask you to avoid this music. It's too often overplayed and definitely overrated. Overrated. A simple Google search can easily find you numerous lists of the best bands of all time and the most overrated bands of all time. I, I'm, I'm not interested in their lists because they commonly overlook many top-name bands because they are radio favorites. I even saw some list out there that listed Jimi Hendrix and Chuck Berry as overrated. If you took away either of those two artists, music would not have evolved as it did. Those two artists are immensely underrated, in fact, when it comes to the influence they had on music. So those lists are obviously biased. And aside from one or two bands that will appear on today's list, none of these are biases on my part. I try to stay objective and base it on the overstated nature of their importance or the quality of their music. So let's get into our mini episode on most overrated bands or artists. In no particular order, except for my closing band, who in my opinion is the most overrated. And we will try to salvage this episode by making it a little bit more palatable, by at least trying to play a good song from each band. So some people on this list might piss you off that they are on here, so buckle up. Welcome to the jungle.
see, I started it off with with one that, that hurts, actually. I mean, Guns N' Roses is one of those bands whose hype manages to astound me. It's not that Guns N' Roses is a bad band. I mean, not only do I listen to the band frequently, I mean, I, I'd put Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, and November Rain all in my top 100 favorite songs of all time. So Slash's ability to solo as an emotional depth unmatched by most of his contemporaries, even if Stevie Vai blows him out of the water in terms of technical skill. But looking back at them nowadays, their overall place in rock history is actually quite minimal. Guns N' Roses gets most of its acclaim for being the only real mainstream hard rock band not to convert to the hair metal craze. Yet when it comes to lasting influence, most people weren't really won over by Guns N' Roses. Think of how many bands copied them or followed in their footsteps. Virtually none. Most either just copied crappy Bon Jovi, whose commercial model led to greater commercial success than Guns N' Roses, or followed the path of the big four thrash bands going into deeper material. Guns N' Roses was just an intermediate, backed by a few great songs and a great guitar player. As for being unique... There was another little band out there at the same time called ACDC. Pound for pound, ACDC was way edgier and more pissed off. Angus couldn't solo like Slash, but he's a much better riff rocker. Motley Crue managed to maintain both pop and hard rock sensibilities too, and their songwriting was much more consistent. Furthermore, when it comes to album quality, Guns N' Roses' greatest achievement, Appetite for Destruction, pales in comparison to the four thrash classics Metallica released throughout the 80s. Plus, it's an embarrassment that it took them over 25, 30 years to put out another album. Guns N' Roses isn't a bad band. They were actually pretty good in the grand scheme of things, but praising them as the paragon of rock and roll in the 80s is a trap into which far too many have fallen. When the critics and the audiences agree that uh, something's very good, it's got to be very good. So the group we're talking about is Fleetwood Mac, and they play the blues. We're now going to do our latest single. Oh well. Sing, I ain't pretty and my legs are thin But don't ask me what I think of you I might not give the answer that you want me to
Now when I talked to God, I knew he'd understand. He said, stick by me and I'll be your garden hand. But don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answer that you want me to. <laughs> played you some good Fleetwood Mac. Notice, no Stevie Nicks. That's because in their early days, they were a really good blues band, which is why they should have just stayed that way. Listen to their album, Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac, or Rumors, but let's face it, Fleetwood Mac made two good albums, two and a half tops. No one can even deny that. Even their very early stuff is very bluesy and really, really good, but their hits... Geez, what a waste. Maybe it's my dislike for Stevie Nicks that colors my dislike for the whole band. This is one of the two on this list that I have an obvious bias against, of course, but I do not, for the life of me, understand why anyone likes Stevie Nicks. At least Yoko Ono had the decency to suck, and we can all mock her as she broke up the band. Stevie also tried to break up the band, and eventually did, but she has just like 33% talent. Just enough to tempt you into thinking the band is good. We like our crap right up in front where we can see it, which is why we can all agree on Yoko. But Stevie still remains a favorite to some. Have you ever read the lyrics to the songs? It's drivel.
Oasis with Don't Look Back in Anger, an amazing song. Apart from their messy breakup, the Gallagher brothers are just too loud and too vulgar. Some people know more about their feuds than their songs, which is kind of sad. Yes, they can play their instruments, and yes, they can write their songs. Can't say the same thing about other groups, but at the end of the day, they are overrated and overhyped. Even their peers consider them as such, which is kind of a big deal. Quote, Oasis were young, fresh, and were writing good tunes. I thought their biggest mistake they made was when they say we're going to be bigger than the Beatles. I thought so many people have said that, and it's the kiss of death. Be bigger than the Beatles, but don't say it. The minute you say it, everything you do from then on is going to be looked at at the light of that statement. That was said by Paul McCartney. They had good tracks, but they were just so full of themselves. They had big claims, but nothing to back those up, and of course, it didn't help that they weren't the nicest guys also. Jovi with It's My Life. And listen, I- I'm not against fun or heartthrob lead singers the women swoon over. That is why Van Halen is not going to be on today's list. They were cheesy, but always fun and mostly had pretty good songs. But but Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi's songs all sound the same. There, we said it. Richie Sambora is a pretty okay guitarist, and their tracks are genuinely enjoyable. But they found a formula that worked for them, and they didn't find any reason to stray from it. No reinvention, experimentation, or innovation. It's a kiss of death for to be a great band. They may have had a lot of decent hits like Wanted, Dead or Alive or Living on a Prayer, but they are too commercialized. It's as if every classic rock radio station has to play one of their songs at least once every two hours. Quote, Everything is bigger and it makes it move twice as fast. You're recognized twice as often. This is bigger. The world gets bigger. You have to sell more record. Be huger. You get smarter and you understand the business a little bit more. So it's more of a responsibility than a talent thing. You understand it now and you want to make sure just everything goes right so that you can pay your bills. That was, quote, John Bon Jovi saying that. So even he knew it. They had great songs, but over time, they just became repetitive. They weren't keen on taking risks or experimenting. Two things common for those who wanted to do art instead of just focusing on selling records.
are surprised that KISS is one of the most overrated classic rock band ever, then you have not been paying close attention. Go ahead, ask yourself to name three, three good KISS songs. I'm the... I'm sure the first song that you're thinking of, and the first song that came to mind was Rock and Roll All Night, coming up with sing-along lyrics and repeating the chorus 27 times does not make a good song. Although, to be fair, the band never made it a secret or even pretended that they were anything under than making big bucks. That's all they were about. Gene Simmons will do anything for easy money. It doesn't matter if it's selling coffins, which he literally did, or selling mediocre records to you. Quote, Without sounding too cocky, although I've certainly been accused of that in my life, there is no negative side to being Gene Simmons, says Gene Simmons. They had a handful of okay tunes, but they were more hype and gimmick. Being a sellout is the surefire way to be hated, but Kiss embraced it fully. There are a few standouts in their catalog and maybe even one or two classics, but there's nothing awe-inspiring or even innovative about them at all. In fact, if you aren't a hardcore fan, the first thing to come to mind when someone says Kiss is their makeup and not the music. with I Will Follow, a great song. And and this needs to be a two-part answer. Part one, would I go to see U2 in concert? Absolutely. Part two, is U2 overrated? 
Absolutely. Remember, this band is to be considered one of the top 10 bands of all time in most lists. Do they have about 20 good songs? Yes, they do. Maybe even 25, which is why it would be great to see them in concert to play all 20 or 25. But you have to be able to separate having one to two good songs on each album and just putting out a million albums rather than being able to consistently put out a great album, which is what great rock gods are supposed to do and great bands are supposed to do. U2 is the worst thing to happen to rock music since disco. I'm really sorry to say it. They are derivative. This so-called constantly involving, evolving band hasn't played an original note in years. Chicka, 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 chicka guitar sound? Yeah, we've heard that in about 20 of their songs. Joshua Tree album? Pretentious musicians playing bloated music with overbearing messages and religious metaphors. How about you listen to Pink Floyd and then tell me who did that better? Achtung Baby and Zuropa? Oh, you mean lots of computers and industrial noise? Sounds like Nine Inch Nails to me who were doing it long before you two even tried it. Rattle and Hum? A blues album by a bunch of whiny Irish guys? I don't think so. And by the way, bringing B.B. King doesn't lend them the credibility that they need to pull this one off. B.B. King is freaking B.B. King, not you, Bono. You'd have to resurrect Robert Johnson in order to get me to even consider listening to The Edge try his feeble hands at the blues. While all these albums may be the first time any U2 fans have heard this type of music, it was certainly being produced long before Bono pulled his head out of his ass to discover it. They're pretentious. If you want to give me a message, just say it. Otherwise, let's just let music be music and not some crappy political statement of the month. If I want politics, I'll pick up a newspaper. When I want music, I buy an album. Music first, message second, guys. Think about it. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out because I love you too much, baby. Why can't you see oh, what you're doing to me oh, when you don't believe a word I'm saying? We can't go on together with suspicious minds, and we can't build our dreams on suspicious minds. So if an old friend I know Shove it up your nose Just by to say hello Would I still see Suspicion in your eyes Here we go again Whoa, Asking where I've been You can't see the tears I realize crying suspicious mind and we can't build our dreams on suspicious mind oh let our love survive oh no oh dry the tears from your eyes let's don't let a good thing die that was the king which I'm doing in quotation marks Elvis 
Presley with Suspicious Minds, which is actually a really good song. I actually love that song. If you haven't listened to this show at all, you may not know that we typically frown on the so-called king of rock. He is the very definition of overrated. Listen, he did have a good voice, and he is very culturally relevant. But that's about it. I mean, let's go into a few reasons, okay? Um, The movies. Elvis was not a good actor, and his movies are horrible. Take, for example, Harem Scarum from 1965. He plays a movie star, naturally, who's kidnapped and taken to a Middle Eastern country where he's enlisted by, get this, the Lord of Assassins to kill an Arabian king. Oh, and he falls in love with the king's daughter. Check out the film's trailer, which I thought was a parody until I noticed it was posted by Warner Brothers. And then we have the false songwriting credits. Elvis hardly wrote any song ever, but he sure got credit for all of them. Granted, it was reportedly his manager, the asshole Colonel Tom Parker, I mean, just a real work of crap, basically, who made Presley do it. But still, we're talking more about music than just taking credit for other people's hard work. He took the money from them. Otis Blackwell deserves the royalties for Don't Be Cruel. Ken Darby deserves the royalties for Love Me Tender. The list goes on and on and on. Then we have the title of King of Rock and Roll. There's no doubt that Elvis left his mark on contemporary music, but to hold the title of the king, one should be the most influential in all of rock music. With that in mind, consider how many rock musicians call the Beatles a primary influence compared with Elvis Presley. From their setup to their record sales, the Beatles have far more influence than Elvis did on rock and roll. And considering that four men hold the greatest share of power and influence of rock, it's questionable whether anyone deserves the title. Besides, this is America. Then we got the fashion. He started off clean cut and handsome, but we can't get behind iconic Elvis here at Listen to This. There's just something about those rhinestone jumpsuits that screams morally reprehensible. Not to mention, people make fun of Bono for his sunglasses glasses, but this man had the audacity to incorporate a cape into his signature style. And don't even get me started on the sideburns. They deserve their entire own list. Then we got Graceland. Each year, Graceland receives more than, and I had to look this up, 600,000 visitors, making it second to only the White House in terms of famous American homes. That means that each year, thousands upon thousands of children lose the opportunity to visit a place with actual historical merit, or at least some entertainment value, so that their parents can indulge in a weird Elvis fetish. It's one thing to make your kid listen to Presley in the car, but to steal her summer vacation away to a garish monument of rock opulence, that just borders on cruelty. And as Elvis would say, don't be cruel. You know the day destroys the night Night divides the day Try to run, try to hide Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side, yeah We chased our pleasures here Dug our treasures there But can you still recall Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. 
That was The Doors, the Southern California sensation with Break On Through. Being perfectly honest, I think The Doors are a pretty decent band. They are 60s rock at its finest, incorporating some poppier elements while maintaining a degree of artistic integrity and talent. And, and Ray Manzarek is a great keyboards player, and Jim Morrissey was an okay lead vocalist. Heck, even Robert, Robbie Krieger is a pretty good guitarist, but this band's hype is what's utterly insane. Jim Morrison is, is a bad lead singer overall whose ego and stubbornness and drug use was a detriment to the band's greatness. Imagine the Doors with David Bowie as the lead singer and imagine how awesome that would be. The nigh-obsessive love for the Doors is partly due to Jim Morrison's cult status. The man is simply untouchable and any attempt to denigrate either his vocals or his stupid lyrics are quickly debunked by band fans. I, on the other hand, am perfectly willing to recognize his failings. He was not that great of a singer he had some good lyrical songs, but for the most part was not a good writer. While many door songs are classics, such as Light My Fire, Touch Me, and The End, many song choices the band made were questionable. I enjoy, quote, When the Music's Over good song, but I concede it has some pretty pretentious elements. At the heart of the matter, The Doors were a good band managing to overshadow some great bands. The Zombies, Love, Cream, Frank Zappa are consistently finding themselves without the proper love due to the long shadow of Jim Morrison. They're a good band, but not worthy of the mania they receive. But here he is jumping and jolting Jerry Lee Lewis. That was 
Jerry Lee Lewis, and yes, he performed a whole lot of shaking going on and Great Balls of Fire and had a fun movie with Dennis Quaid based on him. But aside from that, what did Jerry Lewis actually do? Oh, well, he stood playing while on the piano. Yeah, Little Richard had been doing that much, much more and many years prior. Well, he married a minor. Well, that certainly contributes to his interesting lifestyle, but not to his legendary musical status. And I hate to bring race into this, but there's a real reason Jerry Lee Lewis is considered a pioneer of rock and roll. He was a Caucasian counterpoint to African-American rock pianists. Therefore making him a little bit more marketable to a racist 50s audience, more so than someone like Little Richard or Fats Domino who blow him out of the water. No doubt he had some skill, but his talent paled in comparison to his predecessor. Elvis Presley at least had a clear presence, good vocals, and some actual diversity. Jerry Lee Lewis's playing styles and vocals are exceedingly limited and able to perform only Western-style pieces or straightforward rockers. When listening to 50s music, there are dozens, multiple dozens of better options to listen to. I mean, put on Jackie Wilson, Huey Piano Smith, Fats Domino, Johnny Kidd and the Rockets, or any one of the doo-wop groups, Carl Perkins, Eddie Cochran. Pretty much all of them are more interesting musically than Jerry Lee Lewis. Not to mention, Lewis barely wrote a thing. And you know it's a bad sign when Wikipedia can't list one's entire written discography on more than a half a page. Most of his best-known songs are actually covers of other people's hard work. His actual contributions to rock are minimal, and he's basically just known for being a really good performer. Of all the 50s rock and rollers, he's the least deserving of immortalization, let alone being called the 24th greatest artist of all time by Rolling Stone magazine. Now for my final band. I am going to play my pick for the number one most overrated band in history. I don't want to go into a long diatribe about this band because the love they get from fans just frustrates me, but I will sum it up this way. Overproduced commercial pop ballads camouflaged as rock and roll without one interesting note of lyric written in their entire history. Joe Walsh was fun and actually had a really good solo career. I like me some Joe Walsh, but no individual added anything of substance to this weak and overhyped band. It's like all of their songs came from a computer programmed to write benign lyrics that mean nothing and a simple melodic drum and guitar pattern all made into sugary pop hits. Let's just play the band to end this episode before I make myself sick. And take these bands off your playlist, except for maybe Guns N' Roses, but but only occasionally. And, And we'll see you next week with much, much better songs and much, much better artists. Have a good week, everybody. Sound your own.
you for listening to listen to this please recommend to a friend and don't forget to rate review and subscribe for more podcasts and online content please visit this is funner.com hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.